All right, we're back with another episode of the Saxo Market Call, and today we're going to talk about equities, and um, we're going to look back a little bit on the uh, the, the year uh, as it has progressed, some of the themes, some of the markets that have performed well. We're going to talk about the uh, the ongoing pricing in the equity market, uh, and especially the the um, the policy rates on the ECB and and the Fed new developments there, and then we're going to talk a little bit about the earnings that are upcoming over the next week. So, if we start with the year so far. It has been quite a good equity year, to say the least, when you look at and compare it to historical averages. Um, if we look at the year so far, Nasdaq 100 up 36%, Nikkei 28%, Hang Seng down minus 16%. So, I mean, what an incredible spread between the Nasdaq 100 and the Hang Seng index. And then we have Italy up 28%. Um, an interesting statistic, if, um, if you look at the European equity market versus the the, um, the U.S. equity market, and you look at the equal weighted indices, both indices are up around 107 10.8%. So, you know, there's actually no difference in the performance of European and U.S. companies this year outside a narrow set of mega caps that really have rallied in the U.S. And um, quite extraordinary. I've, I've been writing about this recently. You know, the index concentration in the U.S., uh, S&P 500, um, the overall equity concentration in the U.S. equity market probably has moved to an all-time high. You can slice and dice this in many different ways. And and um, if you take the top 10% of the of the market cap concentration, it is the, probably the highest it has been in 100 years. If you look at maybe a smaller, more narrow set, then it's you, you can maybe find a peak um, that is higher. Early, uh, going back in time, um, I think in 1969, the uh, IBM, uh, IBM sorry, and AT&T, those two stocks together were... A, significant part of the overall equity market, even dwarfing Apple's influence on equity markets today. So I think that European versus US equal weighted, I, I think is an important one to have in mind. I think Japan is the big surprise this year. Obviously, there's a component of the Japanese yen um, weakening as much as it has done. So obviously, this is in local currencies. It's obviously not the same if you if you translate it into euros or, uh, or even worse, dollars. Um, Hang Seng and China is the big story for two thousand. <clears throat> sorry, for two thousand and twenty-three. It's um, and I think it's going to be an important story in two thousand twenty-four. We have some pretty key meetings coming up here in December uh, in the Politburo, uh, which is the twenty-four uh, member group, <clears throat> the leadership of the uh, the Chinese uh, Communist Party, and um, I think there's a lot of stake here. Um, the Chinese economy uh, is weak and. I think there is increasing pressure on the leadership in China to revive growth, and it's potentially also the joke. I'll come back to that in a little bit when we, uh, in a few minutes, when we talk about you know the, how the market is currently pricing um, rate cuts. But if we look at the different themes, so the four best performing themes this year, and I think two of them go hand in hand with the Nasdaq 100 performance. So that's semiconductors and mega caps. So that's been the big the big drivers and then cybersecurity has been a very strong a very strong uh, theme as well in markets <coughs> excuse me and and i think a lot of people have been piling into cybersecurity stocks because it's a it's a, it's a take on defense industry outside you know buying into companies producing bombs and missiles and you know um we- weapons manufacturing and and tanks etc um and I think the cybersecurity got had gotten pretty stretched uh, to the downside. It was one of the the biggest casualties uh, last year. And then nuclear power is this fourth 
theme that has been talked a lot about because on the COP28, there's a couple of countries that went together at the first nuclear summit. It's going to happen here in March in Brussels. And um, talking about how to create more nuclear power, which is seen as a clean energy source. It has a waste issue, but um, that's pretty... It's it's not easily done with, but it, it is dealt with in, uh, in, in many countries where nuclear power is uh, prevalent. Uh, some perspectives. So how high can we go? We have uranium trading around $80 uh, in spot per pound. Um, we were looking, Ola and I, our uh, commodity strategists, we were looking at uh, uranium and how big a part that is of the running cost of an existing nuclear power plant. It's around 30 to 40%, give or, give or take, in that range. According to the World, uh, the, the World Nuclear Association, their own website, they they mark sort of the $100 as sort of the the break-even point in which the fundamentals of nuclear power deteriorates quite rapidly relative to other energy sources. And, you know, natural gas have come down in price. We have the push in um, in renewable energy. So that's something to consider. And as Ole would tell you, some of these uh, new physical uranium um, ETFs that have come about in the market, they are sucking physical physical uh, supply and inventory out of the market and, and thereby intensifying the scramble or squeeze, call it what you want, that we are seeing in the actual uranium spot market. Okay, um, we are uh, recording this uh, on a on a Wednesday, so um, and it's um, this is the week of non-farm payroll. So on 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 the you know in, in those weeks on the Wednesday, we always have the ADP numbers, and we already got the ADP numbers before I went into the studio, and um, the ADP employment change for November. Uh, was worse than expected. Um, it's, it's still growing at around 100,000, but um, it was a, a tad below uh, estimates. And earlier this day, we had an acceleration of uh, rate cuts priced in by the market for the ECB to the tune of 150 basis points. And now we're coming back to China because I think the the current interpretation in the market and the way you, you can see how the equity market is responding is that the current rate cuts being priced in are a phenomenon or linked to the slowdown we're seeing in inflation, but not slipping into a recession. So the there is, you know, the economy has arguably slowed down. It's taking off some of that pressures that we have seen in inflation. And if you look at the forward estimates on earnings, they're positive. So in other words, the equity market also because of the price action is clearly setting themselves up for this is going to be most likely a soft landing which would be quite unusual in a historical context, but nevertheless, that's what the market is betting on. A soft landing, we'll get the rate cuts, uh, we'll get uh, you know to a new equilibrium on uh, on interest rates. Bond yields will lower, that's lower funding cost, everything be, will be happy. We have high equity valuations already, 7% earnings growth priced in for next year. Um, so it's basically a Goldilocks scenario. So, and if you look, if in the Bloomberg survey with all the US economists, the the average uh, prob- recession probability from those survey right now is 50% for the U.S. economy entering a recession over the next year. So there are definitely those that are still in the recession slash maybe crash camp, and then there are those that are believing in a more soft landing approach. Um, one of the th- things that I think could go in favor of the soft landing if we take that scenario the first is, you know, Consumption is holding up pretty well. We had TUI reporting here in Europe, which is a travel and leisure company. They're showing pretty good results. And uh, Black Friday and Cyber, Cyber Monday um, were also quite strong. So the, the consumer is holding, holding, uh, holding, holding up. And 
I think if inflation, with inflation coming down and wages are at the current level, I think there is a pretty meaningful real wage expansion going on right now in the uh, in the US and Europe, and that's bolstering consumption. If that continues for a couple of months, then suddenly that I think could begin kicking in uh, for Chinese manufacturing. Um, and China, I think the leadership is under enormous pressure, as I said, to revive growth so much that I think that they they could potentially go all in very soon and, and create even more stimulus. And I think that's an X factor that could add to to growth and potentially pull Europe out of its currently um, mild recession that Europe isn't in. Is, is in. So, um, and then there is the crash scenario, and this is where it gets interesting because there is these famous lags from monetary policy changes into the economy, and the crash camp would argue or is arguing that those lags have been longer than usual because of the initial stimulus ca- taken uh, c- carried out during the pandemic. But eventually, those high interest rates will bite. The policy rates of these at these levels will bite, and and when that happens, and because there is an uh, an inertia from central banks, they they will respond more slowly because they don't want to repeat the mistakes of the nineteen seventies. So they that lesson learned there will make central banks more cautious. Because of that, they will move more slowly, and then at one point they will come to the the conclusion, and these interest rates really fighting the economy and we'll have to move fast. So I think there will be a magical point that if suddenly we, we are pricing in 200, 250 basis points cut from the ECB, then the market, or here I'm talking about the equity market, will suddenly realize, okay, these price cuts are suddenly not uh, in al- aligned with um, a softening of inflation and a soft landing. No, it's actually, we, we, we're actually going to crash land. And then you'll see a very, very different interpretation from a Fed cut. I'm actually just writing a, a piece, which you will be able to find on our, our inspiration section under home.sachs or inside our trading platforms. I'm writing about you know, market trajectory, the S&P 500, how it has uh, developed uh, pre and post the first rate cut in a rate cycle. Um, so stay tuned for, uh, for that equity note. And then, you know, we, um, we need to talk about the week ahead as well. Um, so we have that non-farm payroll on uh, on Friday, and otherwise we are you know slowly cruising into the uh, to the Christmas holiday season. But be aware of any news coming out of China. As I said, these uh, Politburo uh, meetings quite important. We have the non-farm. Let's see how the things are being priced. The implied equity volatility is extremely low. So I think that coupled with the technical picture suggests that equities will 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 close the year on um, on. Uh, on an easy note, I don't think there's a lot of people that wants to lean against what they are seeing in the equity market right now. If we move to single stock news, um, there are three earnings that you should consider watching. So tomorrow we have Lululemon. Um, it's a retail retailer, or a, a, basically it started as a yoga pants and or yoga equipment a clothing company very much tailored towards women. Um, the company has it had you know expanded its footprint into shoes lately, other categories as well, trying to broaden out, still very much focused on women, uh, but also broadening that out uh, to uh, to men, etc. And um, the revenue was expected to be up 18% and earnings per share 14%. I think that that's really, really impressive given the backdrop that we are seeing in retail retailing overall and um you know for the ones that are typically 
want to be exposed to Under Armour, Nike, uh, Adidas, etc. Uh, we also have Enter Sports out of uh, out of China. Uh, I think Lululemon is a very fresh brand. It's a very fresh appro- approach and has a very different uh, target audience. And um, yeah, I, I think the momentum is quite incredible. So watch out for that one. And then an Oracle on Monday reports after the U.S. market closed. Uh, revenue more muted there, 6% uh, expected growth rate. But earnings per share expected to be up 93%. So Oracle is in still, has been for many years, I think, been in this transition, uh, been in this transition away from on-premise uh, database sales to uh, more cloud-based, a uh, cloud-based uh, approach. They recently, um, recently bought, or they bought uh, this uh, this software company in, in in the healthcare sector called Cerner, which is um, is is where the was their big acquisition and their move to become bigger in uh, in cloud. So uh, watch that, uh, watch uh, uh, watch out for that one. And then I was actually asked by a Bloomberg journalist today. So uh, you know, do you have a fresh comment on uh, on Dell? And I said, you know, when you look at Dell Technologies, uh, it's, it, it reminds me very much about Oracle of a couple of years ago. So you have a company generating st- or stable, high-margin business, but producing stable around $7 billion in free cash flow, uh, equating to around a free cash flow yield on an enterprise level of 10%. And I think, I mean, even for a low-growth, uh, completely stable business, I think that's a, a rather attractive asset to get your uh, your hands on. And uh, the market has... Uh, has 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 had the same thinking this year. I mean, Dell Technology shares are seventy seven percent this year, so there is even room for. Then I think it's a it's a good tale that, you know, you don't have to be a, a high growth company sometimes to reward your shareholders. And and Dell is definitely not expensive at a ten percent free cash flow yield. I think forward uh, in terms of PE ratios, if that's an easier metric to, to and uh, to handle for uh, for our listeners, it's it's at thirteen times. So that's not a lot. The final earnings release we're going to talk about is Adobe. They are reporting on Wednesday. It's one of those stocks that we're really carefully watching on the um, on the AI adoption. Eleven uh, percent uh, revenue growth is expected by analysts, and earnings per share up sixty one percent. There's still a lot of cost um, execution going on for Adobe, and the revenue growth rate for many years when they did the pivot away from. Um, from, again, the on-premise uh, software sales model like Oracle, and they pivoted to a cloud base. I think it was around 2012 when they did that move for 13. Correct me if I'm wrong. And um, in those years after that transition, the growth rate were always somewhere around, around 20 to 25%, phenomenal growth rates. Then uh, post the pandemic uh, boom times, we it seems like the revenue growth rate is now more stable at around 10, 11, 12%. Uh, a lot of hopes for Adobe on the AI integration and what that means for growth, but for now, we haven't seen that coming through. And um, maybe, maybe the market could be disappointed if Adobe doesn't show a more upbeat outlook because of of AI. At least um, on the application side, is one of those stocks that could have a more meaningful impact from AI integration more f- or faster. Because Microsoft, which is the other one on the application side of AI. It's just simply too big that I think AI can really move the needle. But Adobe has a smaller size, and it's it's easier, I think, that's my interpretation at least, that you could see a quicker commercial impact from generative AI. So watch out for that one. That's on Wednesday after the U.S. market close. But I think that is a, a wrap. So, you know, we're coming. We're coming to the end of the year. 
been exciting. Technology has been leading. Uh, semiconductors, cybersecurity, mega caps, nuclear power also on the move. Watch out for China, especially these uh, meetings in the Politburo this uh, this month. Also, non-farm payrolls on Friday. Watch the pricing of policy rates in the US and Europe, and then those earnings. Lululemon tomorrow, Oracle on Monday, and Adobe on Wednesday. And uh, we'll be back next week with another podcast on equities. Thank you for listening. Thank you.